0: Welcome to episode 753 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team welcome along to episode 753 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James. Oh, you're still on holiday. I'm still on holiday. Your holiday never
1: ends. It's it never the never-ending holiday. The never-ending story. Did you love that movie? It was good. Yeah, it was good. That was David Bowie, wasn't it? No, no. No. What was it? Come on. You know that
0: one. No, the, no, there was another movie. Come on. Everyone else listening, go, come on. I know it was a movie was called The Never-ending Story. No, not it? the David Bowie one. Labyrinth. Yes. Labyrinth. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Levin Houston. No, anyway. Classic from the probably the 80s? early 90s, late night. Uh, no, yeah, no, 80s. That's 80s. 80s. Yeah. yeah. And right. then there was the Dark Crystal, which was a bit weird. Mm. Yeah, I never had really to that one. Um, John, I'm talking proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons Brian, the funny guy, felon Adrian, Fooey Fooey Moy, <laughs> Michael, Meat Munchie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> I love our nicknames. You guys rock. We love you guys. Okay, this week. What's happening, John? I'm not happy because John, (laughs) we're still on the 22nd of December. John comes around and goes, I've got a bit of work for you to do. I'm like, mate, I've already done all the work. Yeah. I'm going
1: on holiday. Bevan thought we were back in the studio stay, but alas, I, my, his holiday starts.
0: When does your holiday start? Or when did it start? It, I'm back at work yesterday, but I'm technically still on ACC. Yeah,
1: but when did your holiday actually start? When did you sh- shut down and not uh, really do t- too much? Today.
0: Once I, this afternoon, once I've finished processing all this bloody work you've given me, <laughs> I go, I'm I'm, going, I'm done.
1: So it's the 22nd of December to... To today, basically, is Bevan's Holly. so he's had a good break. But mine started later, and uh, and it's carrying on for another little period. I'm actually doing a race this weekend. i going the nope. my St James mountain bike event that I've talked now about. Now you won it last year, didn't you? Well, I
0: did win it, but that, I'm not. Yeah, there was. You're a winner. I think I was one of one, almost or one of two. Did I tell maybe you about the guy yeah. I went out for? When I was young, my sister went out for when I was younger, called Dan. Right, this guy Dan. You, you went out with him for a moment. Oh well, you know, you never <laughs> know. Um, but Dan, there's this guy. Who was he was a cool guy. Mm-hmm. And Dan liked being cool like, like some people are cool Just because they're cool And then some people Think about being cool mm-hmm. And Dan was a guy Who thought about being cool Now he was cool Don't get me wrong mm-hmm. Good look Pretty good You know Fit looking guy You know, And he was a nice guy But he thought really hard about it And I played volleyball And Dan played volleyball But he wasn't a great volleyball player But I was alright I wasn't a great I wasn't great either But I was alright And so we enter this Um Volleyball beach tournament, mm-hmm. you know beach volleyball tournament, mm-hmm. and Dan only wanted to win because the t-shirt said winner. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> like no, that was all we talked about. Is Bevan, yeah. we need to have this. We need to win. Oh, why is this mate? It goes, because we have a t-shirt that says winner, yeah. and we'll wear that around. People know we're winners, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a joke. Yeah, Dan thought about being a winner.
1: Do you want know something really cringeworthy? Yeah, I think it was my it was first triathlon ever did. We, we did as a team, me and a couple of mates. We were thirteen at the time. Yep. It was either the first or the second one. We maybe we did one, and then the second one we thought, right, we'll do something a bit cool. Yeah. We got singlets printed that said, "I'm too sexy for my shoes." <laughs> like, How could you even do that, you losers? <laughs> <laughs> do you have photos? Oh, we don't. It was before oh. the age of digital. Thank God there was no Facebook. Back oh, in the house. <laughs> that's the sort of stuff you worry about.
2: Yeah. Okay, so what, what are you so making today, me do? For Tell show, me what so, I'm doing.
1: So st- well, on the 22nd, no, 21st of December, when I was getting ready, we were recording like bloody five shows back to back the next day. Yep. We had a few backed up. So we had our interview that we had with um, Matt Hanson. You guys will have heard that yep. several weeks ago. Great interview. Yep. Then we did the Legends of Triathlon interview with Emma Carney, yep. which we've, we've just done a with couple of Claudia hours ago. And we Claudia
0: Wilson with the one-two punch. Yep, so it was great.
1: And then uh, we had one more and I thought, oh, I haven't got another interview arranged, so... I'm going to go random here. So I thought, I'm going to go to random.org and I'm going to go put in, we've done 752 shows, I'm just going to get three shows, uh just going to press boom, boom, boom and see which shows come up and see if there's any good content we could grab out of them to see if it was interesting for you guys.
0: Surely in all the years, we're oh, you read okay, it random. Yep. But
1: it was, yeah, I could have gone and picked what yeah. we think are the highlights. But this I found this quite entertaining. So the first show that came up, and we're going to put an interview in shortly, is episode... Well, why don't we
0: do each one, and then we'll... Okay, get, so you it. tell me, and then we'll put the interview in.
1: Episode 142. Um, Jeez, what, what, do you know what the date was? I
0: looked on... I just went on iTunes. Uh, okay. So... Jeez, that, that would be about 2009. Yeah. And, and what no, was it? yeah, we started 2006, about three years. And yeah. it
1: might have actually been a replay of an interview we'd already had, but it was basically an interview with Chrissy Wellington. Oh, wow. And it was the early part of her career. she had won Kona once and then she'd gone off and she'd done iron man australia so maybe we did a little bit after that uh i I didn't really listen to all the interview but i just i just thought that would be a cool time to actually now go and reflect what was she saying? When she'd only won one Kona, and remember, she came
0: out of nowhere. Ah, oh, completely. She came nowhere.
1: out of nowhere. She'd done the coast to coast, remember? And she 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 had one Ironman career a few weeks before, but prior to that, she hadn't done. Yeah, anything. She
0: was. No one was going. Chrissy Wellington's a contender. Yeah. she was like out of nowhere and, and dominated the sport. And so, for, what I found funny about this is,
1: I literally listened to about a minute of it. We were doing a bit of an intro, and she'd just done Ironman Australia, and I had in the show notes Ironman, <laughs> Auz. <laughs> And Bevan's like, what's this AUZ, John? What, what are you talking about? And then the same thing's happening, whatever, 12 years so later, Bevan still not, doesn't get AUZ.
0: Well, it's not. And it's, even you confirmed I'll, that. I'll it, I right. even showed Joe that. I said, Joe, listen to this. John's, John argues for himself. So, so here comes Chrissy Wellington from all the
1: way back when she was uh, one Kona before she had reached the heights of triathlon immortality status. That's
0: right. Here, The, the, the young kid on the block. Here she is, Chrissy Wellington.
1: Alrighty ho, so we're very happy uh, to have for the second time Second time, I'm loving that Iron Man Talk, the christenator <laughs> The christenator, is this the new name, <laughs> That's the name, so welcome along to Ben. How's your, how's your morning swim in Switzerland today? No,
3: it's not been too bad at all, thanks for having me on oh,
1: That's good yeah. So it's been a, um, a pretty successful year so far, sort of carrying on from last year You've, uh, you've had quite a few races Has um, it all sort of gone to plan so far?
3: oh yeah it's not been a bad year at all it's it's been it's been superb and I think I mean when I won Kona last year I and probably many others were worried that it was like a one-off so it was it was really good for me this year I guess to prove to myself and and to show other people if I needed to that I could I could back it up Mm -hmm. so so that's you know that's been really pleasing and it's just yeah it's it's been a it's been a great year a bit of a whirlwind and i can't believe kona's coming around again it's gone past so quickly
0: i can imagine hey we read somewhere that you actually found iron man arizona australia 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 yeah Uh. all right i'll say au okay auz okay i didn't know that sorry john uh we heard you actually found that harder than kona is it true and if so why
3: Um, I think because I went into Kona with with no expectations okay. on myself, you know, there was there was no pressure, and I just I put an, an you know enormous amount of pressure on myself, but no one else had any yep. on me. Yep. So I think that, that that did make it easier. And, and then coming into Australia, I was so conscious that I wanted to to show people what I could do and prove to myself, like I said before, that it wasn't just a one-off. Yep. So I think that's why it was harder. You know, the Kona's really physically tough and, and mentally tough, but it wasn't as mentally tough for me last year because I went into it almost blind, whereas going into Australia, I wasn't blind at all, and I had that big target on my back. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just didn't know how I was going to deal with the additional pressure that, you know, being world champion, you know, brought. So I think that's why it was, it was harder. And I found it to be a really tough course as well, so... Okay. How have you, you know that, that. I mean,
0: you've gone from being someone who is you know not you know kind of a nobody in the sport to overnight being you know the biggest name in the sport and there's obviously a huge amount of pressure and when we spoke to you this time last year after Kona you probably haven't really experienced it you know eight months 10 months down the track how's that changed your life and how are you handling that
3: um yeah i mean Kona's changed my life in so many you know so many ways and all of them wonderful. It's been it's been absolutely fantastic. But the win almost at Kona surprised awesome. <laughs> me as much as everyone else. Yeah, well, almost all. But you know, it it surprised me so much, and and the success that I continue to have is still, you know, still surprises me. Um, but yeah, it, there is additional pressure. There's additional responsibilities that I have. But um, like I said before. I've just got to see those as an, as an advantage and not a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So see them as an opportunity. Um, and that's the way I, I do try and deal with things. But, you know, I'm lucky being in this in this team environment that I, I am in. We're pretty isolated in the places that we train. So it just means that I can get away from everything and all the hype. And I'm just surrounded by the team, by Brett, who keeps my feet firmly on the ground. And... You know, I also keep in close contact with all my friends that I had before yep. all of this started. So they just know me as me and not as some kind of superstar. So that I think that helps keep me grounded as well but I mean I'm all too aware that it could all it it came so quickly and it could all go tomorrow Mm. so I'm just I'm just really super excited about having this opportunity and you know I'm going to seize it while I do and and try never to take it for granted as well.
1: So you've got the um when, when this actually interview goes uh on on live next week it will be after the event but this weekend you've got the world long distance champs coming up and uh you're going going head to head with the Van Klerken, who sort of set the the fastest Ironman time and and wrote this year. As, going into this race, are you looking to looking forward to racing her, or are you just going to treat it as a, as another race?
3: No, I mean I'm re- really excited about racing. I'm I'm training like I did with Timberman last week, training pretty much into it. Yeah. So definitely using it as a training race for Kona, you know, the last big, big hit out and to get some strength into my legs. But, you know, whenever I race, I race to, you know, to, to try and win and, and to give it everything. So no, I'm, I'm really excited. And yeah, of course, uh, Yvonne's the main, main, my main competitor, but there, there are definitely going to be others. And Avon, you know, proved that uh, Rose, again, what, you know, what a great athlete she is. So it would definitely be good to have a head to head, head head before before Kona, and, and plus it's on her home turf, so um, she's she's got a little bit of an advantage. But no, it'll be it, it'll be it'll be great, it'll be great fun, and no, I'm looking forward looking forward to the race.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I know well, she had a very good battle with uh, Erica Erica Samore and wrote. Do you train quite a bit with her? And uh, what planet is she on? Because I read some of her blogs, and they they're pretty uh, cryptic.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's 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 way out there. She's way out there. No, she's she's a great girl, and yeah, she's she's been on the team the past year, and I've I've really really enjoyed training with her. She's brought a lot to the team, and I think training with her, especially on the run, has has helped me significantly. You know, we do a lot of our track sessions together, and and I push her, but she definitely definitely pushes me, and has helped helped bring my times down. And it was great to see her battling with with Yvonne. and I, I mean, I think she's stronger now than she was at Rose. So, okay. Erica's definitely one to watch out for, one that I will be watching out for in in Kona. She's improved immeasurably, and, and she's also a really a really nice person and a really good person to have on the team.
0: It's, um, so, you know, like, when we like we do interviews with, like, Mecca and stuff, and you talk to Mecca, and he's, like, ultra you know, competitive, ultra motivated and all the rest of it. And one comment we seem to hear about you is that you seem, you know, quite happy out there. When you're out there and you're doing it, what what drives Chrissy Wellington? What motivates you? Doing a race or yeah.
3: during training? Um, yeah, doing a race. Um, the beer and the food at the end. Soon <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get to the end, soon you know, I can have a glass of wine. Um... <laughs> No, I guess it's you know hitting hitting that fine line between between pleasure and pain. That sounds a bit kinky, but I guess that's what we all we all strive for. That that kind of pain threshold. That means that we're you know we're giving it everything and leaving everything out there on the course. And you know I'd be lying if I did, if I said I wasn't motivated by winning. Of course I am. I'm a you know I'm a pro athlete, and even as an age grouper, that's what you know that's what drove me.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, but, I wanted to be the best, especially that I could be. But you know, I do, I do go out there and I want and I want to win, and that's why I do the, to do the sport. And I have to be willing to give it everything I have to to try and get me there. So I guess that you know that's what, what motivates me. But I, I mean, I love the sport, and that's why I'm smiling, all the time. And I find it easier to smile than than frown. So uh, it does help. It does help help relax me. but yeah, you know, there was a couple of well, there was more than a couple of motivating factors. But I guess they're the main ones.
1: Um, a lot of guys, um, whether it's right or wrong, don't like females to be uh, in front of them at the finish. Sean's one of them. I'm You
3: are. No one told me that.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a sad day when a woman beats Sean. I, I actually, um, I came off the. <laughs>
1: Erica Smore and uh, Yvonne Van and wrote and they, they spanked about five minutes into me on the run. I wasn't, I wasn't very happy. But,
3: um, Your ego took a big <laughs> bruise
1: in. Um, do, when, when you're out there, do you enjoy kicking guys' ass or is it you just basically trying out to go out there and, and win the girls' race? Because we did notice that you obviously got second in uh, the Alpe Triathlon not too far ago. Yeah,
3: um, I often don't know um, what position I'm in until I get onto the run so in both Alp d'Huez and, and Timberman I w- I wasn't actually sure where I was in terms of the male and female standings so I mean I knew I was in the lead yep. as, as, as the woman but I didn't know that I was so close to the to the guy mm. um but now I, I just go out there and 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 give it everything I've got but you know, when you're on the run, you see people ahead and, you know, you think, oh, maybe I could pick him off. But I won't run harder than I, I know I can just to try and catch the guy in front. No. Um, but you can use him a little bit as a as a moving target. Yeah. So, um,
0: you know, last year you had a pretty amazing Kona race. If you're in the same position this year as you were last year, will you actually have a crack at the record? Is, there, is it like there's a record? run record? record.
3: What's that? The run record? Uh, the overall yeah, record. Like,
0: you know, bring on Paula Newby Fraser's record.
3: I guess, I mean, I wasn't that close to the record, I don't think, last year. But, I mean, I was close to, the, to that run record. I think I have to make sure I know exactly what all the records are <laughs> this time. So there's someone showing up, me, I can look at my watch and, and make sure I go for it. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be going out there and, and, and swim, biking and running as hard as I can. Uh, I can see a number of girls posting really fast bike times. Just looking at what Belinda did in Canada on a really mm. tough course last weekend, just shows what amazing form she's in and how fast we are going to have to bike. Mm. Um, you know, to be up there in contention, and I think it's going to take a super speedy marathon to win the race. And you know, regardless of world records, I want to be in the mix to to try and hit what I think is going to have to be a sub three hour time. To, to win it this year wow, yeah. so yeah i mean if, if it's sub three hour then then i'll definitely try and get under the time i did last year but i think we, we are going to see some, some fast times the form over the summer especially the yeah. show you know has shown that yeah
1: so, so a lot of people are obviously interested in, in what you guys are you, know, you guys do what your girls are doing especially because we've seen such big um, you know really big performances from a lot of girls this year so yeah, typically, what's sort of a weekly volume for you in terms of total hours, or do you track that at all?
3: Um, I don't really track it in terms of hours at all, um, and no, you know, no week is the same. But yeah, I mean, we train hard. Um, we we train a lot, seven days a week, um, four to four to six hours a day. Okay, right. But you know what? I, for me, like resting is part of my training program. Yeah. Eating is part of my training. Getting a good night's sleep is part of my training. So in a way, you're training 24-7. It's not just about when you're beasting yourself, that's the hours you clock. You know, if I'm not getting sufficient rest, if I'm not eating properly, then I'm not training hmm. um, what was what? in a well-rounded way. But yeah, we do, we do a lot of work and, and, we, and we work hard.
0: What do you, okay, so what do you do for rest? Because you know, like, you've come from an academic background and obviously met someone who's kind of challenged your mind in a way. What do you do to fill your mind up outside of
3: training? I speak to people <laughs> on the phone doing the podcasting. <laughs> 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 um, right. There's a lot of interviews um, and things like that. And emailing friends. I read a lot. I have a lot of books. Um, Watch Sex in the City DVDs over and over and over again which um, livened up my <laughs> quite dull existence um, Yeah, I, I was doing Sudoku puzzles but they're too hard so I gave up um, and just, you know, just keeping in contact with, with everyone outside of this crazy world by, by email I don't know what I'd do if we didn't have email here yeah. It's they're uh, crazy
1: mm, totally. So, back back onto training, Bevan. Sorry.
0: Sorry, John. Sorry. Sorry.
1: John. <laughs> well, I'm just interested, when, you, when you're going out for, say, a, I don't know, a stand, fairly standard sort of ride, are you guys typically riding at Ironman pace a lot or are you doing a lot of stuff above Ironman pace I mean, or are you doing a lot of easy stuff? I mean, is it different, you know, do, do you think it's that different to what other people
3: are doing out there? Um, You know, I've only ever had one coach and that's Brett. So, I don't, I don't really know too much about what others are doing. Um, in terms of our pace, we vary it. So we go from very easy, which I find really difficult to do, actually, um, to super hard, balls to the wall, eyes popping out, of your sockets, kind of intensity. So it, it does vary, um, and it's it, it's mixed up. Mm. So. W- We do, yeah, we do a lot of shorter, sharper, intense efforts. We'll have one ride that's probably smack on Ironman pace, you know, maybe a three-hour Ironman pace time trial, which might go a bit above Ironman pace, but, you know, it's pretty much around around that intensity, um, which just gives you the feel for how fast you want to be, you know, want to be riding in, in the race. But, yeah, no, it really, it really does vary. Um, we don't do a lot of long, slow stuff. I can't remember the last time I did a long run, mm. for example. Um, i would rarely, rarely – it's got to be over a month from now that I've done a one-and-a-half, two-hour run. Oh, Really? I do a lot. and no, I do a lot more intervals um, than than longer, longer steady stuff. But this is me, you know. Yeah. You've got the other athletes, Hilary and and Belinda, that that do maybe a bit more, bit more volume. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also throw in that intensity as well. Um, it, it really does vary, and that's, that's I guess great. what I like about yeah. about, about training in, in the squad. It's so tailored to the to the individual, it has to be. So when you
0: like, do you get a weekly plan from Brit? Like does he, every like Monday, does he give you a plan or do you just get up on the day and say you're doing this or do you have a monthly plan? Like how does that work?
3: No, no plan. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in that head of his um, and I don't think I want to know. But no, it's, it's the ladder. We wake up, go to the pool and then we find out what we're doing for the rest really? of the day. I mean, there yeah, is indeed. a rough program and you, you can see... Um, you, I mean you can see the way that the sessions are put together um, but then often he'll surprise you and mix it up so you never, you never really know for sure wow.
0: a, lo-
1: a lot of people ask us um, what Brett Sutton is like as a person you know, because there, there has been a lot of crap written about him and, and nobody really knows other than the athletes that are there I mean is he, a, uh, he seems like a pretty straight talking guy is he a you know, caring fellow or how would you sort of describe him?
3: Um, he's unique, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's one of a kind and uh, no, he's, I, I, I think he's a genius, but then again, I've got no one else to compare him to. So, so I would say that, I mean, I think he, I credit him with, uh, with my success um and i and i know a lot of the others do too so those that have had other coaches and have maybe left brett come back to him or whatever um also say you know say that he's a master of his art so i i concur with that um he's he's fun to be around he's candid he's straight talking doesn't beat around the bush and i i kind of like that he's got quite a you know i like the you know the Antipodean and British sense of humour, um, so he's he's got that. Um, he could cause offence if if you were you know offended by yeah. by you know swearing and his kind of candid uh, analysis of things. But now he's 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 a great you know a great guy and 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 very very inspirational, very motivational and. I think the best coach for me especially at the moment so um, yeah
0: um, Nice, has um, your training actually changed much from last year or is it pretty much kept in line and it's just kind of refining it a little bit or has it changed totally in the last year?
3: Um, No it's not really changed that much actually Um, I guess I'm doing a a bit more volume in terms of intensity, Mm -hmm. like I'm doing more intensity than I was last year so say i'm doing 800 on the track before maybe i'd do x number and now it's it's more um my times are getting faster um than last year but no the the, the program is is pretty much the same it does vary according to to the time of year you know the things we were doing in the philippines are slightly different um than, than what we're doing in switzerland now um also, because of you know the times that we can get into the pool and the heat of the day and that and that kind of thing, so that dictates when when we do um, what session. We were doing our track sessions, you know, seven o'clock in the morning there, whereas we're doing them at mid, midday here. Um, but now it hasn't it hasn't really changed all that much, oh, actually. Good
1: there's um as we've said a couple of times this year there's been you know, a, a lot of girls going very very fast yeah well and, it's crazy hey? and so, and some people sort of wonder how the hell they're doing that and whether it's just training or whether it's you sort of lifting the standard or and some people are sort of questioning whether it's whether it's drugs involved so what's your sort of um, take on it do you see a lot of drug taking out or do, do you know of <laughs> much of it happening out there, and do you get tested very regularly yourself? Because you know, a lot of people probably, well, not a lot, but some people may point the finger at you as well, saying, well, "How the hell can somebody come yeah, from yeah. nowhere to being this good so quickly?"
3: Yeah, um, I think the reason that that the times are getting faster is because a lot of the short course athletes are coming in. Um. And as one athlete raises the bar, then another has to rise to it. And people now know that you've got to run a three hour marathon to win, to win an Ironman. So I think that automatically means you've got to train harder. You've got to put in the effort to be able to run a three hour and to be able to to meet that bar. So I think that's what makes the times get progressively quicker. It's just, you know, as one person hits a new standard, then the others have to rise to it. Um, Regarding drugs, I mean, I was warned that with, with, with my success at Kona that it would happen, and I guess it was more a case of when than if the rumours would all start to, to mm. circulate. Um, and it, it doesn't frustrate me. And, I've, again, like other things, I've got to see it as an opportunity, and it's an opportunity for me to stand up for what I believe in, give me a platform um, to state... You know my position on it, which is zero tolerance for use of any drugs in triathlon or any sport, amateur and professional. Um, I've voluntarily submitted myself to WADA's out of competition testing, and I did that um, from the start of this year. So So I have been tested. Well, as, as an Ironman athlete, you don't have to. Um, submit yourself to out-of-competition testing through, yeah. through the, the World Anti-Doping Authority. You're not obliged to do that, but I did through British Triathlon. Yeah. Um, so I've been tested this year four times out-of-competition. Right. Um, where they've come to my um, my place of residence and tested me. Yeah. Urine tests. Yep. Um, negative. They will be negative, of course. Yes. Um, and then in competition, um, one at Australia, um, then a blood test and a urine test at, at, at Frankfurt. Nice. Um, and one of the reasons I did Frankfurt because they have such strict drug testing procedures, and it was my chance to show. Well, I mean, I'm doing as much as possible to prove that that I am clean, and I. would you know, really encourage other race organisers to do what Kurt Denk and Felix are doing, you know, Felix and Rose are doing, and that is implementing, the, the you know, the most stringent testing procedures that they can in competition. I mean, out of competition, it's it's largely out of their control, but, you know, in competition, I think money needs to be allocated to, to testing so that all all of us know that, we're racing other athletes that are clean, and the general public can 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 see in black and white, you know, that we are. Well, um, but I also think, you know, the WTC has a role to play. They've got plenty of money, and they could invest that in more rigorous testing procedures. And um, I, I mean, I think it's important. It's important for the sport mm. do,
0: do, because do you, do you if anyone comes like oh, sorry.
3: Do I think there is?
0: Or do you think there is? Do you think you know? There's much.
3: Oh, I, I I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um, I I like to think that that there's not. Yep. And I think that the people that aren't on drugs can still beat the people
2: well, that are. <laughs> yeah.
3: But we can't. I can't go into a race thinking that I'm I'm racing everyone else that's that's doped up. Yeah. You've just got to think that people are clean and you've and that you've won in a, in in a, in a in a fair race. But, I, I mean, I, I'm i not surprised that people are asking questions, especially after they realise Kona wasn't a one-off. You know, Where, why is she so strong? Why does she smile even <laughs> when it hurts? Why is she beating girls that have got heaps more experience? I, I don't have the answers. Yeah, no. You know, and I can't sit here day in and day out trying to find those answers. Yeah. But others do because they've got time to sit there and ponder, um, you know, why has she done this, why has she done that? I guess people expect an Man winner to conform to a stereotype to have trodden a, a conventional path or, I don't know, gone through some kind of rite of passage to success. And if, if you don't follow the path, like I haven't, then there must be a reason. Yeah. And the only reason can be drugs. And, I mean, fair enough. But all I can do is put my hands up, say, test me anytime, anywhere. Um, I'll show you that I'm clean. And at the end of the day, I can look in the mirror. And, and know that I've done it through, through hard work, through drive and determination, um, because I love the sport. And I guess at the end of the day, that's, that's all that matters.
1: Great. We like to keep it clean. It's good. We keep it clean. We
3: yeah. don't do drugs. Yeah, um, yeah, it's all got to be clean, at least in terms of drugs.
1: So we, um, we've talked about the team TBB um, side of things a bit. And you've obviously got, what is there, about 20 athletes there roughly?
3: Um, well, not at the moment, because um, people have left, gone to different places, they're racing um, around the world. Um, but yeah, in total, there's, eight, I think, about 18 of us.
0: Yeah. Any any hot gossip in there? Any new couples? <laughs> I love that you put that question in there. Right? Any juicy gossip from oh, within we, the team? <laughs> <it's->
3: juicy gossip! <laughs> juicy gossip from the team! Oh, mate, there's plenty, but... And what goes on
0: We're tour stays on tour, so the lips are sealed. <laughs> I can't say a word. Fair enough. I'm with you on it. <laughs> you know, you're a bloody gold digger, aren't you? You know. We we know that um, you guys are doing a few
1: a few things in terms of over in Brazil and Thailand. Is is there any sort of new developments in terms of things Team BB are doing?
3: besides um, from making me wear rubber pants and have, we, the we, naked swimming that we do and mud wrestling. We do all this kind of stuff as well. That's all new. Well, we got, we, what, what is the story? Someone no. sent
1: us an email about the leather pants or something like that. What is what is the story there? We're not quite up to it.
3: Everyone wants to know about the rubber pants. Yeah. <laughs> no, I um, I had a hamstring email uh, email um, injury yeah. and um, one of the – a uh, more off-the-wall ideas was to, to make me wear a pair of neoprene shorts. Right. Um, so he sent me down to to this shop in Evian, so about 50K away, to buy a pair of neoprene shorts. But the only ones they had were for a 12-year-old boy and made <laughs> and they were kayaking pants. <laughs> kayaking neoprene pants with like a pad on the arse. So I, I bought those Um, yeah. squeezed into them. And was wearing them for for a couple of months, and my hamstring is okay now so i't I don't know if it was the pants or the, the other things I was doing the massage maybe or, but no uh, I was wearing rubber pants for a time, but i've I've hung those up at the moment, hopefully i won't need need them again, but I could auction them off. maybe someone would want my second hand sweaty idea. rubber pants <laughs> <of good> <laughs> so do you want them? <laughs> <laughs> Ten dollars for you.
1: <laughs> bargain, it's a
3: bargain. It is a bargain. Um,
1: do Do you find it difficult training with you know some of your major rivals, or do you see that, you know there's, there's more advantages to disadvantages with training with you know um, those some of those top girls? Um,
3: it's not hard. It's not hard at all to train with the best girls in the world at the moment i i I think i thrive on this environment and i think that's what helps make me and and the others so successful i think we can just help push each other that little bit further and the bar you know as with iron man generally is is being raised like i said erica makes me run harder Mm. belinda makes me bike faster and the olympic distance girls you know give us all something to to aim for in the pool and then when we need a really good thrashing, we turn to the boys and then they beast us. So I think we all keep, you know, keep each other on our toes. Yeah. But we don't do every session together as, as a group. It might be like one or two of us are out on the bike or one or two of us on the track. It's not like all, all of us are doing, doing every, uh, every, every session together. Yeah. But no, without the others, I don't think I've, I would have had half the, the success I've had and And i'd hope hopefully they'd they'd also say that I think it's a kind of reciprocal thing, but it's also useful to have a little bit of insight into each other's strengths and weaknesses right. you know i I know where they're going to hit me in a race and how hard they're going to hit me um so I've got that kind of prior prior insight and and knowledge. Yeah. Take no, me. it definitely can't hit. One
1: tip would probably be, if you're racing against Belinda Granger, you just ask her a question when you're
3: on the bike. <laughs> ask her a question when you're on the bike,
1: and she probably won't shut up.
3: <laughs> she oh, won't stop talking for <laughs> 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> That's why we haven't
3: the show. I'll do it in the swim. Swallow equal
0: water. You're digging a hole here, mate. You're digging a hole. I oh, know, Belinda. Look, if, we,
1: if we got her on the show and asked her one question, no joke, mate, we would be here for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
2: be, she's a good
3: girl. she's amazing. Better. She's the only one I know that in in the sets of twenty five in the pool that and we do them on say thirty, so we're not getting that much rest. She fit a whole conversation in that rest period. <laughs> it's amazing you can find out so much in like 10 seconds and then at the other end of the pool it goes off again it's great <laughs> hey we've
0: seen that you've actually really stayed real local with your spot- to the sponsors you had before Kona um, why is it first of all and um, yeah just tell us about your sponsor a bit more
3: um, yeah I mean actually, I stayed pretty pretty low Tavello I was on before yep. obviously and, and I like the bikes and um, the team is sponsored by them, so I've I've, I've stuck with you know stuck with cervelo Tear. I've always worn tear goggles, and then two days before Kona, I realised I didn't really have anything suitable to wear, so I went out and bought a top, which was a, a, a tear top, and and then I met um, the rep at, at the end of the race, and I was all excited, and we exchanged details, and so it really it really went from there, and. And I'm super excited to to be part of of the the tier team, and and they're they're a great group of people, and we had a lot of fun. I did a photo shoot last week with them, um, and with TJ and with Pip Taylor, mm-hmm. and and that was that was great fun after after Timberman. So no, they've they've been really super supportive um, of me, right? You know, right from from when I from when I won Kona and so um yeah, I'm really happy to to be sponsored and, and associated with um with thempsyso sport is is the new sponsor um but once again i mean they they've been so amazingly supportive, and I have never had so much, so much nutrition. <laughs> uh, in my life so i'm feeding the 5,000 here everyone's coming to me for protein shakes and gels and i could provide the whole team with uh with their nutritional needs but no it's great and um i'm really again like really happy to to, to be associated with them and, and and blue 70 i was with with them before and you've got to stick with guys because he's a he's, he's a There's kiwi good. yeah yeah and he gives me gives me a few freebies so i'll uh <laughs> no i'm i'm <laughs> no, i'm i'm really happy and then at oakley um i never actually owned Pair of, well, I did have a pair of sunglasses. They cost me twenty dollars, and I bought them in Wanaka um, just before the coast to coast. And I raced in those in Kona, and then Greg Wells, you can't came up to me and said you can't wear those. I said, well, then you have to get some new ones. And so that's how that all started. So uh, obviously, the Oakley flag is is pretty decent too. So no, I'm 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 happy to to stay loyal to to the people that that helped me before. Of course, you know, we're always on the lookout for for new sponsors. And um, hopefully if I get another good result in Hawaii and in some other Ironmans, then, you know, they'll come on board. But I'm, I'm in no rush. I didn't need a, a whole heap of stash and, and cash before, so there's no need for me to, to start chasing it. Yeah. Chasing it all now, but I have to say, I mean, it does make make my life easier, and it means I can um, get my parents all kitted out in in, in new clothes, <laughs> so they look they look the part on the sidelines at Kona. Um But yeah, no, that's. Uh, John's That's pretty it. excited, John's sense pretty sense excited sense.
0: Christy, because he's pretty excited about this next question. So I don't know if you've heard about this service that we provide. On our <laughs> it's
1: called John Bevan's perfect profile for a man service. Yeah. So we, we understand you're, you're on you're on the prowl.
0: You're, you're a single
1: woman. Watch out, world! And so we need to pick up. We need to start developing a profile of the type of person you're looking for. So, are we looking for? Are you looking for a triathlete? Or, or, or a non-triathlete, or you don't care?
3: No, it's, um, <laughs> it's got to be someone sporty. They don't necessarily have to be a triathlete. Okay. Although um, the Tell shaved legs might be obligatory. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> the shaved legs might be obligatory, but they don't have to be a triathlete.
1: <laughs> and in terms of personality, are we looking for someone a bit off the wall like Brian Rhodes? Are we looking more the sort of Stephen Baylor, slightly more reserved sort of character?
3: I think Stephen's taken, so, um, uh, Bello would cut the <coughs> balls off if I said, <laughs> said anything about that. So, no, definitely not Stephen. Um, um, Roedy, I think we'd have to have a calf off. I think he's the bloke whose calf's bigger than bigger than mine. I, I couldn't get with him. Me, I you know, the calves would be ginormous It's a old cow. Um, yeah, no, someone a bit a bit quirky, sense of humour. Hey, a, a, a nice. Uh, Aussie, Kiwi, British, humour. i like that.
1: Here we go. Here's, here we go. Here's the last one. Go. Yeah. And are, are you, oh god, are, are you sort of more of a cougar, or, or are you more looking for a sort of a sugar daddy?
3: Um. <laughs> I don't know. This sugar daddy comes up like big fat and bald, uh, um, to me. So I'd have to go probably for the former. Okay. So, It'd so, be John's funny John's one that fits the profile. Ross, so. <laughs> oh, no, we'll, get you,
0: we'll get you hooked up with somebody. So. I guess I have other random question. What, where did the nickname Muppet come from?
3: Muppet? Yeah. Um, because I do stupid things. Okay. Um, and, and and think and, and say things before I think. And so um, my best mate just said, "You're such a mutt." Okay. And that just it just it just went from there. <laughs>
1: got two other ones. How, how tall are you and what size
0: feet do you have? <laughs> you're sounding like a website you're made. <laughs>
3: Size feet. I'm supposed to ask that about the bloke. Isn't there a correlation between the size of other things and their feet? You know. <laughs> um, size feet. Um, I am a 42. 42.
0: That's pretty
3: big for a chick. Big feet. Yeah. Big feet. Yeah, yeah it's huge. Take men's trainers. And um, how tall am I? About 172. I think.
1: Shorter than me.
3: One seventy two, one seventy three, something like that. Dominating I'm about five one, for eight.
1: I'm dominating this game. Um, and we also have <laughs> two questions in from our listeners. Um, first one, when are you moving uh to gonna get a P three?
3: Um possibly next year. I think Brett wanted me to learn how to ride a bike first. Yeah. So now I can descend a little better, and I can actually go around the corner without clipping out. Um, I think he said that my next bike might be able to be a three, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to wait and yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But no, I'll probably be on one next year.
0: A random question from vegan: uh, favorite Swiss cheese?
3: Um, my favorite. Cheese is Stilton, and it's not Swiss, oh, no, Stilton. but smelly, <coughs> smelly Stilton. i know. not very cultural, I
0: wouldn't know.
1: Stilton's a nice sort of blue, really stinky cheese. Really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, really quite stinky, quite yeah.
3: You have it with
1: pork. Yeah. Uh, we have one in from Chris Rhodes. Would you consider returning to Olympic distance racing on the World Cup circuit, or is drafting on the bike leg um, a contributor to you not pursuing World Cup racing?
3: Um... You know, that World Cup this year wasn't my finest racing hour, but <laughs> I learned a whole I learned a whole heap about <laughs> just how bloody good they are. Um, as if I didn't know it already. Yeah, I like to go out there and do my know that everything I've I've done is down to, to me. Um and not the work of others on the on you know, especially on, on the bike. Yeah. So, no, I like to to go out there and work hard on my own. And, yeah, I'm not that enthused by the pack riding. And that's also due to the low level of skill that I have on the bike. You know, I I lose out in the pack because I am more slightly nervous than others cornering and and riding so close um, up someone else's. So it's, you know... I, I think I'm more suited to the non-draft races, but there's there's a place for Olympic distance, definitely, for me, um, in terms of my training, giving me the speed work that I need. So I will be doing Olympic distance races, but I don't think I'll be targeting World Cups. Anytime soon, I put the British team probably wouldn't have me back anyway <laughs> after my appalling effort before. But no, I, I think I'll stick to stick to the long distance but use the shorter distances definitely as, as sharpeners and, and training races. I think they're important.
0: Rich Coleman sent us a question saying, like Natasha Batman, every time we see you on television during a race, you're always smiling and enjoying yourself. What tips can you offer with regards to staying positive when you are pushing so hard?
3: Um, I guess because we learn how to push hard in training yep. that you know how to deal with, with that, that level of, of pain. Yeah. I guess. So you, you, train yourself in, in training to, to, to suffer. And then when you're actually racing, it, it comes a little bit easier sometimes than it even does in training. But also you just got to be, you can't be scared of hurting. It's going to hurt. That's what we're out there for you know if, if it 's hurting it, it means you 're pushing yourself and i 've almost got to expect that and 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 thrive on that um, but I also try and just remember times where I have felt a bit rotten and i 've come good yep. and try not to try not to panic you know the start of Australia, the first lap of the bike, I was in all sorts of trouble and just had to keep reminding myself that I would you know, I'd pull through and I'd get stronger and and, and that's what happens. Uh, That's what did happen. So I think you just have to have faith in yourself and the hard work that you've put in. Um, And I also I guess another tip, I think most people would do it, is to try and visualise things before the race that possibly could go wrong that's not being negative or pessimistic it's just preparing for all eventualities you know your goggles could get knocked off Mm. so think about how you're going to react you could lose your water bottles which is what happened to me in frankfurt how will i react to that you know and once you've thought through those things if they do happen will you think well i've had that i know what the scenario is and i know how i'm going to deal with it um so that you know that that does help me especially just to try and think through the bad things that can happen as as well as as well as the good no
1: well, we've got one from vince mullen um he's sort of saying that pretty much all the the u k um iron distance athletes have all headed overshore uh offshore to, to do their training um sort of what, why is this and yeah do do you see that as being an advantage or would you prefer to be back home
3: um for me, although I love the UK and, and I love being at home, being with my friends and family, I think the best training venue for me is is overseas, especially in, in the heat. Even if you're not planning on racing in the heat, training in the heat makes your body work so much more efficiently and effectively. Nice. So uh, I think anyone anyone would benefit from from heat training. You know, it just puts that added pressure on you and if you can deal with it, I think you come out all the all the more stronger and, and especially being here in Switzerland, you've got the added bonus of, of the altitude. It's been quite warm here over the summer, so that's been good, but also we've got we've got the altitude and, and the hills and I just wouldn't get that where I lived in in the in the UK um plus the fact i like being away from from the crowds and away from lots of people that i know because it it just removes a lot of the distractions that could how
0: do you find it you know because I mean, you sound like quite a very social person like you you sound like someone who loves interaction with people um you know and then you go in these environments and i suppose with the team it helps, but. How do you do you miss that side of things, and you know, like how do you find that? Like I can understand. Yeah, it's yeah,
3: okay. It's really hard. Like last year, I found it incredibly tough to adapt to being in a team environment. I didn't know anyone. I wasn't aware of all the kind of politics that surround training, and I didn't know anything about triathlon really. Um, and I found it really quite hard to adapt, and I also got quite bored
0: mm, I can imagine
3: um, of, of the kind of m- almost mono dimensional life I think now, and especially being world champion it 's given that added dimension to my life yep. and I, I i really i mean I really love it I love being out that you know that my office is is the Swiss mountains and Alpine meadows and trees and flowers. I love that, you know, and obviously the success is, is helping make it a lot more enjoyable. I've got some great friends now in the team and that comes back on slowly because you can't expect um, your competitors to accept you straight away without proving yourself to them. And so now, yeah, now I've got some really good friends on the team and obviously that makes it easier. Also, um, but we travel around a lot. I get to meet people. I have a good party after the race. I always try and make the most of that um, because it's, you know, we only get a few big days out in the year. So, I, yeah, I definitely try and make the most of the, the drinking, eating and partying after the race. Yeah,
0: you're like, you've, you've been in sport for a couple of years. Well, a year. <laughs> you've, kind of you've done amazingly well in that time. You know, how much more growth do you see in yourself?
3: Um, I'd love to be around in another five years. Okay. I really would. Um, and I think Brett sees that for me too and, and has a longer term plan than just, you know, smashing out four Ironmans a year. I think, I think it is part of a longer term plan and we do see me having some longevity in the sport and I, and I hope that, I hope that I do. Um, both because I love it and also because of the opportunities it brings to me. You know, after this all ends, I'd love to be in a position to be able to affect like some kind of change in, in the sporting arena, in triathlon, in especially in Great Britain with the Olympics coming up, because I've been involved in politics, could go back into that kind of area, but more related to sport this time. Um, but, yeah, and no, I do see myself around for the next five years in triathlon. And then, you know, who knows what the future holds, you know, go into cycling, go into something something different. But, no, I, I'm loving it. And while I'm loving it, I'm just going to carry on doing it. Great.
1: So if people want to find out more about you, what's your website?
3: It's www.chrissywellington.org. Nice. And there's also, of course, the, the team website as well, teamtbb.com.
1: Cool, so people can go on there, and we notice you guys, uh, the athletes are fairly proactive in replying to people's things, so it's kind of a cool place where people Yeah, can go.
3: Yeah, and there's, and a, there's a contact there's a contact thing on both websites, on my website, and I'll respond to all the emails that I I mean, do, I do get, respond to get,
0: all the emails do you that get a lot I of get? Because, like, like with I Talk, I've got a couple of uh, podcasts, and, and I, like, I don't know, I get, I get so many emails, I get about 70 emails a day. Do you, get, do you, get, you must get heaps.
3: I get, yeah, I get quite a few, yeah, quite a few um, a day. But I do try and respond to yeah, so. to most of them, especially. I get more after a race, is people saying well done yeah. and things like that, and I really appreciate that. And I, and I will, I will reply even if it's just a one liner saying saying thank you because it means it means a lot to me.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh. Um. And yeah, on the on the on the team forum, we we do try and and share. Whatever experience and knowledge we have, I obviously have less than than the others, and and the boss Brett gets on there as well, and and shares his his thoughts, which are sometimes a bit illegible, but you've got to look through the commas and get the the gist of what he's saying, and and it's you know he's a mine of information, and I think if, if age groupers read that, they can you know can get a lot of top tips. Yeah. which can really help supplement what they what they already know
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we better let you get back for your morning naps so, um, no,
3: oh no nap for me I've got a brick session now you're, you're hardcore
1: there's no denying it
3: no no napping you've taken up my rest period <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh uh, it's been it's been a pleasure so thank you as always for your time yeah and, it's um, been great having
0: you on the show again and have
3: uh... oh, that's alright thanks for trying to sort my love life out we'll,
0: we'll, we'll do our best I'm, I'm sure one of our listeners will be keen <laughs> as a bit. I'm sure more than one will be <laughs> and,
3: uh, <laughs> are, are you going to be a Kona? Uh, no,
0: not this year. No, not this year. We're, we're waiting
1: no. for you to come down and do do Challenge Wanaka or, or Iron Man New Zealand and then we can uh, do a live
0: interview there.
3: Oh, that'd be superb.
1: Yeah, mm. so. All the best for the rest of your
3: year
0: and um, thanks Cheers. for your time. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. You've been awesome okay John so now you, what's, the, what's the next part of work you got me to do
1: the next one I went, I did next uh, random.org was episode 371 which okay, was in 2013 so okay there you go
0: good and I must
1: have played part of the show whatever it was in my iTunes and it just came up with like about 16 minutes to go <laughs> and it got started quite We maybe we'll, we'll start chuck, we'll chuck actually we'll just chuck it in from that period and you guys will hear what happened. from 16 to, to uh, go around about 16 to go we just sort of doing the end of the show okay. stuff and all sorts of things start to happen I thought it was pretty entertaining I hope you guys did, did as well and we'll just so don't talk about what you've of, got there we'll discuss a couple of points once you've listened
0: to it okay here it is right now
1: the other thing on our on our website is I forgot again about betting on John at Ironman New Zealand 2014 Richard Swan put some smackdown talk on John talking up his chances of uh, Wait you've got a Man betting
0: on John Z- section yeah did you add stuff to the site where is it uh
1: where do I go? John is backing himself. This is what I wrote. Ages. Under community, you got bet on John at Ironman New Zealand. John is bet, backing himself. This is what I oh, wrote. Oh, that's right. Go, remember, you have to To, remember to this. be first age grouper overall and will donate $100 to charity. You guys can bet $20 that John will not. Um, all money will go to charity. So if John wins, all the money goes to charity. Um, you guys pay via PayPal. If John doesn't win, he'll cough up 100, 100 bucks for
0: charity. So there's a little, just a little form you can go on. You do. are being very cocky. I'm going to start calling you Brownlee. If you want to learn how to ride, go gotta, riding with John. You've got to believe in yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But normally I believe in myself and kind of just don't tell anyone else. Well, you've got to put it out there. Yeah, well, you are. <coughs> yeah. Because you are got to smash everyone, aren't you?
1: Yeah. They're going them. down. Kill them. They're weak. It's called scaring off the opposition. I don't want any opposition. I just put a bit of doubt in their minds. It is, good like, to, it, sh- it is
0: good when your mate gets a bit of an injury and you're, oh, mate, really, you may want to skip that next race. <coughs> yeah. You know, purely that happens. It does. So has anyone actually signed up for this? Um, you, you tell us about your week, and I'll have a look.
1: Sponsors, sponsors, Athlinks dot com.
0: Um, beer rival, extreme endurance. Watch the video.
1: Okay, no, what is it? What is it about the beer? Um, um, beer, kick that beer in the acid. Kick the beer in the acid, and SLS.
0: Do we do SLS? Did yeah, it? we do. We're looking after
1: our Achilles. Have you got Achilles pains oh, or to Achilles, Yes. Yeah. And coffees and of wine.
0: Coffees of wine. And ice coffee. John, what are you doing?
1: I'm going on to Squarespace so I can uh, see if uh, anybody's signed up for our little
0: bit. Okay, my prediction is no one has. I'm I'm, I'm backing you on that. <laughs> pre- maybe one, maybe Richard's one just because he loves giving you a bit of crap. Well, I don't think we made a big Yahoo about it. No. Uh, remember, we've got
1: the Pete Jacobs But you know,
0: went on on it, so you obviously put a lot of thought into it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, remember that... Got the Pete Jacobs auctions. I don't think there's any bids on them. Though. 99 cents for a bag,
0: a t shirt, and a. And has he bottom. signed it? Signed, all signed. Oh, get it made in the frame. Yeah. Get the photo of them crossing the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if there's anyone signed up, this oh, is great podcasting. Well, tell us about your week. Well, oh, no, because I want you to listen to me because if oh. you're looking at the screen. Bevan, I'm going to be checking my
1: emails. Just, <laughs> oh, the just get used to it.
0: It's a love. <laughs> this, I don't really have much to tell you about this week. I was in Auckland, John. Yeah, you no, know we haven't gotten it yet. See Come yeah. on guys Bet against John Maybe everyone just knows You're going to win Maybe they do Maybe like Oh that's just throwing money away Because Newsom's going to take it out Mm-hmm But well, it's donated
1: Do you think you can get top pause. 10 as a pro?
0: <clears throat> totally depends on who turns up So do you race as a No you won't race as a pro Because no, you, you won't qualify. qualify Don't race as a pro yeah. points <laughs> Sorry? Yeah <laughs> do I'm i points i <laughs> probably. Do you think you could qualify for Kona As a pro?
1: Um Based on where you can get to In this training period So if, we, if we're thinking <laughs> The sort of shape That I'll be in For Ironman New Zealand Next year Yeah I oh, uh, don't know about that Don't know I'd have to do some research Into that don't think it will be An impossible task But I'd have to race Pretty smart You'd have to and race a lot to the, too Go to the well, no, you only, you only got X, X number of points scoring races, so... No, but you can race
0: as many races. You could do a it, couldn't you?
1: Yeah, but that, that, that's not cumulative points. It's your best five performances. Oh, is it your best five? Yeah. I Are think, you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. Uh, well, I don't know if it's exactly five, but you, you're allowed two... Yes. I think it's two Ironmans and three halves. Hmm. So if I was going to be doing it, you know, I'd probably go and do Melbourne. I think I'd probably go and do Melbourne and um, probably the North
0: American It's a boy, John. It's a boy. Oh, it's a boy. It's a boy. Bevan, it's a boy born at three twenty four. I'm not sure if that's what time. Eight pound six.
1: So three twenty four is uh, that's five. So she was late, and she was in there about twelve
0: hours. Well, that's how long it was between. Oh, John, know? we just we did news to the world. Dad, literally, podcasting's not really good for breaking news. Yeah. 2nd they've got a name a royal baby boy was born uh, the Duke uh to the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge he was a healthy eight pound 6 3.8 kg born at 424 p.m on Monday 5 a.m on uh, anyway, who cares? Well, Prince William was present, it's good to know the Queen <laughs> uh, the Duke of Edinburgh the Prince of Wales the Duchess of Cornwall Prince Harry and members of both families have been informed and are delighted with the news well, that, wow that's a surprise I thought oh, they were being yeah. really gutted that her royal highness and her child are both doing well and will remain in hospital overnight a statement from Kensington Palace was said the names of the baby boy are yet to be announced oh. so this guy's going to be a king well he's third in line well yeah but eventually uh, what's going on inside, uh, here? Yeah, oh, inside of here? oh wait see I think courier's right you keep talking
1: oh, okay courier courier Come upstairs, Bevan's saying. He's knocking on the window.
0: Hello? Wait oh, a You keep
1: talking. No, nah, we're going we're gonna to pause. Oh, no,
0: we're not. keep talking. Yeah. Hello, you guys all right? Hello?
1: He's gone outside. The couriers don't know where the hell they're going. There's roadworks everywhere outside Bevan's house. They're going to uh, crash into his pole again, break his pole. Oh, do you want to break that up? Come up through here. Just drop them in there, mate. has got the... Yeah, he's just saying, come up the stairs. He'll leave the door open. Don't leave the door open. It's going to be bloody freezing. Jeez. Think about the power you're going to lose here. I know, mate. Have you got to run the control? They're bringing some gear in. Okay. Got anything for me? Yep. Oh, yeah. If you're one it. of my
0: coaches, I would. It's how it You're works. getting all this out for Eddie gear.
1: Eddie Desk. Yeah,
0: you get, you get two pair of shoes, some pants, shorts, tops. Eddie mm. Desk rocks, John. All right. Got some of those boosts. Have you got some of those boosts? What? The Eddie Desk boosts. They're good.
1: Oh, uh, good You keep selling it
0: No, no, seriously they, are yeah. good. they gave me some in And I have to admit I really like them
1: Nice Any desktop You got on there today Yeah, I
0: like the Supporting sponsor Yeah Sorry <laughs> roll. Did you keep talking? Oh, sort of did, do, do we have to pause Or do we, did you
1: keep talking? People will listen to it I was sure. just doing a commentary Of you going outside And yelling at your courier
0: Yeah, well the, the parking's pretty poor Oh, John Someone admitted to Bowling into our thing <laughs> did they? But not this time From the one beforehand Oh, okay Yeah They gave us some money
1: uh, yeah, so it was a win win. Lala, you go put it on red at the casino.
0: Well, someone was meant to. <laughs> did you do that last time when you had your meeting? No. No. Good meeting, though. What, what, oh, really? Yeah. Good. Okay. What's your goss? What's my goss? Be- uh, Bevan. I did a
1: time trial last week. Do you what, know? What uh, distance? 16Ks.
0: Nice. Oh, you were telling me about this, yeah? And?
1: <clears throat> 5% improvement since I started training. That's pretty good. 15 watts.
0: 15 watts? That's pretty good. 15
1: or 16 watts. 314 watts now.
0: Hey guys, just chuck it down there, mate. Yeah, yep. sweet as bro. Take a couple. Take a couple for yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that everything? Uh,
2: no, there's nine bolts there
0: Do you mind giving me a hand? I'll sort them up. Oh, just keep bringing them. We're gonna keep here. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's. So, sorry. I'll yeah. All yeah. yeah. no right. Convenient <laughs> excuse. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to keep
0: talking because I couldn't be bothered giving them a hand <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Guys, uh, the guy asking for hand, no, no. I'm Sorry, I'm working, mate. Yeah. <laughs> It's live. It's live TV here. Hey, live it's a radio. Job.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if I gave him a hand, he might lose his job. If we're in America, you'd have to tip him. Then, I you? know. Tipping in America, it does my head and does my head in too does my
1: head in when I'm trying to do budgets as well for camps and stuff. You're like, hold on, that's not the price. I've got to add on tax. I've got to add on this. I've got to, like to add on guys. that. Then you know, I've got to add on twenty percent bloody gratuity. There's two guys here.
0: Why do they need me to hand? Just keep your voice down. they I'll okay, give you all the boxes. Yeah, true. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Some cool, cool editors here. So, yeah. so what else? Okay, five percent gain. That's good. So yeah, we've got to talk until these guys are finished. Mm. I can't. I can't. I can't get up and be just standing around.
1: Got the next race of the the Bikery JD Jubathlon coming up this cool. weekend.
0: Yeah, last weekend we had. uh
1: We got rid of one of the kids. I tell you what. Oh, you've only got one kid now. <laughs> I got one kid.
0: <laughs> Which one did you choose? Sophie's choice. Yeah. We Have we you read Sophie's choice? No. Oh, it's a horrible story. So it's a story about this in the war. A mm. German said to a mother, "I mm. oh, you know one or the other. One or the other. We kill them both. Mm. Mm. Tricky. would not want to go down that path.
1: We got Thomas went to the in laws for the for the weekend, so we just had Felicity and and everybody tells us why,
0: why why didn't Felicity go as well? Just easier that way. Um, oh really? Yeah. And she's
1: going next weekend, but just so they get a bit of solo time. Do you ever
0: do but, like Dad and Tom
1: time? Oh yeah, we have, we have yeah we have boys stuff boys weekend.
0: What about girls weekend? Um,
1: we'll be getting into a bit of that. She has Girls Weekend with with Mum.
0: Oh, I did see you were doing more Instagrams. That's not me. Well, no, 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 John. You're actually being dishonest now. You
1: Instagrammed on a bike ride. No, I didn't. Who did? Belinda Instagrammed me on a bike ride. How does that work? Did she come for a bike ride? No, she takes my photos and does things with them. Oh, so she... I've got zero interest in Instagram. At but least second, unless they you, want to sponsor the show. Did, did, did you?
0: <laughs> it's always a sponsorship angle with you. Wait a second, John Newsom. So here we go. Here's your Instagram. Yeah. So wait a second, who took that ride? Who took that photo?
1: I took the photo. I did not put it on
0: Instagram. What does the caption say below I got biking with my BFFs. <laughs> 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 There's my boxes. Thanks, mate. Yeah, and, and then Jen, Jen Peters has got ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And then you've got one with you. Kid, you, got, you got some O2 creations, kids, Angry Birds stuff. They suits. are pretty cool. They are. I, I, admit, I thought John's going to really get into Instagram. It's good. No, he's not. Yeah. How many followers do you have, John Newsome. You got three people following you. Me. You got me, Belinda, and Jean. Nice. And Jody, someone.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jody Bartell. Yeah. So there you go. So um, so it was great. I mean, or one- even your photo is you riding on your bike and. She's got to put a lot of effort in. God. Are you doing a Tour de France or something,
1: are you? I had the big screen set up Is in my your garage. your big screen
0: at home? Did you <laughs> take it to the garage? So I've got, so. That's a massive screen.
1: Well, no, so what happened, we we've bought an overhead projector for the, um, for the tri-club, and, uh, and we've got a big <laughs> screen. <conveniently joined laughs> <to the> big <laughs> so I set it up in my garage. It was pretty wicked. I watched uh, Lake Placid, and I watched some other race on there. It was pretty good. I tried to get my my, my box so I could stream the, the Tour de France down there, so I could have it on the massive screen, yeah. down. but it didn't work. So nice. I was quite disappointed. So is that just
0: permanently set up in your garage, is it? No, it's not. Oh, sure
1: it is, isn't. It? But I'm going to have a guy on the show. Oh, wait, um, it's
0: going to go sign. You keep talking, John.
1: I'm going to have a guy on the show in the next uh, little period to talk about uh, doing group training sessions with some group training software. It's going to be pretty cool, and you can do all this big screen sort of stuff. Because I'm buying 10 trainers, like, proper kick-ass trainers we're setting up I'm setting up Wednesday oh, train type of thing. yeah I'm sitting up Wednesday afternoon sport for, for triathlon for, for kids in Christchurch it's going to be awesome what
0: do you mean Wednesday afternoon sport you
1: know if you knock off school early on Wednesdays
0: I've got a sign here thanks mate thank you cool. uh, my second there you go what a crappy signature uh, sorry first
1: name uh, Bevan. Bevan yep Bevan. it's going to be the name of the uh, the royal baby <laughs> thank you
0: thank you See, I, I helped me out didn't I? Yeah. So now we can finish the show. Yeah. But anyway, you have a story. I've interrupted you like twenty times. Yeah. A story. Jeez, that's not like you." <laughs> <laughs> um you. People sometimes write an email. jeez you interrupt John a lot. Yeah, I'm setting up Wednesday afternoon sport. We
1: finish school on we, early on Wednesday afternoons in New Zealand. Two thirty. Two thirty. And so they often go off and do sport. We're going to have triathlon as an option. Then we're going to be setting up, and we've got uh, we're going to have all these bike things. So they can do sw- little swim bike run races everywhere Where do you do it? Uh, Jelly Park. Oh, cool. It's going to be wicked.
0: So, okay. what, they'll do, stationary bike races,
1: yeah. But you can have, you have a big screen up and it tells you exactly, like oh, so a computer you're, the yeah, thing. yeah. So, you can tell you where you're at.
0: Um, quite a lot, probably about 20 grand to set up. Wow, mm.
1: wow, that's all good.
0: And how many bikes will we have for that? 10 to 12. So, will you have like little time trial races? Mm. Sort of bike runs, 40 kids.
1: Uh, then we'll do sort of a we'll make, rotate make it, all it around, it. yeah. We'll, we'll make it work. It's oh. a nice problem to have when you've got more people than yeah, know, yeah, totally buy more.
0: Was there a story that interrupted?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. so I only had one child for the weekend. It was, oh, that's right. It was bliss. Really? Because Felicity's a perfect little girl, and Thomas has challenged us at, at times, and we know that that's going to switch around. As they get older, Thomas will become easier, and Felicity will become harder, and we, we know that it's going to happen, but just having one child. Why will that happen? Because you know what girls like when they're teenagers.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know from experience. I know, mate. I know. I've got a 16-year-old. I know. So,
1: so you know, and, and um, but she's just a very easy child, and Thomas is challenging. And, Do you know what's
0: really nice about when they get? Because, like, Tyler, last year was just a lot of, like 14, 15, hard work. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe it. Hard work, not motivated, mm. you know, doing stupid things. And, and just like, I was like, oh, my God, this, you know, sometimes you wonder if you want to be a parent. Mm. And then like the last six months, it's like a new person. Mm. And like awesome and fun and, and suddenly get ambition in her own life and um, mature and, and, you know, enjoy a company. And mm. you kind of go, oh, thank God for that. Battle through. They say that with girls They say 13 to 16 mm. You know You're going to do The hard yards mm. Boys boys are just Lots of energy And stupid Sort of those stupid things Bevan
1: but... I mean Bevan well, sort of Bevan and Thomas He's just a
0: <laughs> Yahoo man He's just really? Full on <laughs> Is he Just You just got to Burn their energy Don't you mm. You just got to Burn them out Yeah yeah.
1: So that's about it Bevan Do you play quite rack- much Oh, I do some slamming Felicity all weekend on the beach He loves it Just do the bloody Hulk Hogan Yeah Hulk
0: Hogan The ultimate warrior above the head And then slam Yeah he Loves it Yeah because I, I, I went to a friend's house Night for, uh, night for yeah. dinner And we watched rugby Go to the Crusaders Yeah And um, and they got they got four kids Four kids They just had a new baby and it's like oh, they're, they're the Brady Bunch Because it's a combination of kids from both relationships and and the good kids eh? and and I was just going nutbag fighting with them like crazy mm. and it was quite cute. At the end of the night, one of the kids, Keenan, who's seven, he comes up to me and goes, "Are you coming out tomorrow?" <laughs> kind of my night. So anyway, anyway, nice. You know, We're gonna wrap it up. I gotta go. What about me? Oh, what about you? Sorry. I gave you the opportunity before, and
1: you said not much is going on. Well, admittedly, not
0: much is going on.
1: Yeah, Going to America, but... You went for a ride, came in, and, uh, and went f- and saw over here you've got your Epic Camp uh, Yep, yeah. oh, be, been out for a bike ride. On
0: a Saturday, I do about two hours. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah. been knocking Secret it. Secret training. Well, no, my knees a bit screwed. Oh. Impact's really hurting my knees. I think I might need an operation. Mm. So cycling's kind of <laughs> the only option. You should really. have gone cycling on Sunday, man. Oh, it was amazing, <laughs> wasn't it? It's like 16, 17 still degrees. still pretty nice on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I got a flat tyre the every week. because you get a lot of flat tyres. Do you get lots of flat tyres right now? No, I have good tyres. So do I. No, I do invest in good tyres. I don't buy a cheap oh, end. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I did, and uh, I forgot because yeah. I, I hadn't been riding in so long. Mm. I didn't take anything. Like I didn't. Have, mm. I, had, I had a tube, but I didn't have a pump. I didn't have levers or anything. Tube's not that great without a pump. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. Luckily, the guy passed me, so he was really friendly and he helped me out with the rest of it. He takes off, and his, his spoke broke. Oh no! Yeah, and his bike was really screwed. as his wheel? Give them your wear? Yep, I do. Yeah, because yeah, it's how I roll. I'm always helping others, especially when they ask for help. Yeah.
1: Nice. Joe, you're just going to knock on Joe's door in a minute. Joe, we need some uh, boxes moved here. Yeah, do you want to come and sort
0: these boxes out? Yeah. Anyway,
1: anyway. you've you got bloody roadworks outside your house, so I'm going to have to take an extra five
0: minutes to get out of there. Oh, cones, every,
1: not... cones everywhere. Yeah.
0: Well, they've got to make sure the, the nice part of the city's fixed up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Okay, so so what happens?
1: I, I haven't listened to it, so tell me what happened. Well, you guys have just heard what happened. A courier turns up. We were at, back at your. Old place, not your old old place, but your intermediate place. In Hackthorn. Down Hackthorn Road. Yep. Um, and a cour- you, as you guys heard, a courier turned up. One of the other things that it obviously happened then, I was I was underway with uh, Project 2014, which was when uh, I was building up for was a, That was a
0: disappointing experience in the end, wasn't it? it
1: yeah, the build-up was pretty, was pretty fun. And you were, go- you were asking me if I could could have been a, a pro or anything like that, or if I could qualify for Kona oh, as a right. pro. Oh, that's right. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. So just a bit of... Um, clarity for that for, for after the fact. Uh, I had a look at my 2014 result from Ironman New Zealand, which I thought was quite interesting. Not necessarily my day, because uh, I was below average across the board, below average swim, swam 51, 49, below average bike road, 508. However, it was a very slow year on the bike in Taupo that year for some reason. And then I remember I'd been Injured before, and I ran a three ten, which was again below average. So I was about fifteen minutes off what I wanted to do. Uh,
0: so that was pretty. Do cool you reckon that. if you went, if you went to Ironman New Zealand now, would you still get a top twenty?
1: Uh, I'd have to have a look at the results, but I would think you I, got twentieth that day. Yeah, I would think I would. I
0: think I'd be in, in the right sort of mix. Depends how. I guess it depends how. We well, actually nineteenth because Gina beat you. But if across, if, don't rub it in. <laughs> want, and this is the thing. Back in the day, Newsom hate a bit of a sexist pig. Hated being chicked now, in, in that instance,
1: I'm pretty sure we didn't start with the pros. So oh, see, you see, <laughs> so, you see that? so it wasn't like she <laughs> was just still in front of me. Because that would have been a motivator. But having said that, even if I'd got past Gina, Meredith Kessler was still bloody miles and me. Oh, so you got like. 18th in the But world. what I remember about that race, that was the time when I had the bloody Paul O'Doherty from um, uh-huh, Irishman Australia, pod- who had spanked my bottom uh, in the 70.3 a few weeks earlier. Uh, I turned around with like, 300 metres to go and this bloody pod's coming up behind me and I just absolutely gassed it and managed to hang on by three seconds um, however I did th- a few other interesting points about that race there Marco Albert uh, it was one of the few oh, times right, Cameron yeah. Brown got beaten on that course he uh, he attacked on the bike uh, and the swim and the bike and just uh, he was a, he was a
0: fleeting moment wasn't he Marco Albert he was kind of a, he had a couple good races yeah and then he was sort of a
1: not a journeyman, but he was yeah. a top fiver sort of guy rather than being a dominator. A few other names back from 2013, so Cam Brown was second, Terenzo Botzoni was in third place, Tom Lowe, who was Chrissy Wellington's husband, he was there in uh, fifth place, and Meredith Kessler was having one of her many wins in that race. Um, but I do also want to note here, so um, the 30, we were in the 35 to 39 age group there, it was bloody tough to get to Kona that year. Phil Patterson took, I think, the final Kona spot on the nine twenty one eighteen. Jeez. Normally, oh, got that's to, why he had
0: a stellar run, didn't he?
1: Yeah, normally nine forty five, maybe even ten hours, it almost gets you in. But the Philinator, uh, patron of the show, love your work, Phil. ran a three oh three twenty four, and the Taupo—it's not a flat course. That's an exceptional time. It was the yeah, no, fastest gets. age group time and it was on par with most of the pros. Beat all the pro females. And
0: it's it's not like Phil's pedigree normally, was it? Like, you know, he's a good runner, but like that was, even uh, for him, it was... He can't run a marathon at that pace. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Phil, what happened? <laughs> what happened? It's so
1: unbelievable. it was an amazing run. Off How cool of a would that be? Bike. If you don't think you can run a marathon like that and then you do it in nine man And like, I'm a, he's a stronger biker than me. If we were both comparing comparable yeah. fitness uh but on that day his fitness was was well below mine but he rode the same bike time as me but unfortunately phil he loses 10 minutes in the swim but phil and ada amazing run 303 is exceptional and ran himself into a kona qualifying spot which meant i had a training buddy for a while building up to kona which was great
0: so you are saying there was a boy, royal, royal baby born in that episode well, that was what was
1: hilarious on this so we started talking about the, royal, uh, the the press release was like coming out oh, okay. as the show okay. was live. Is this and, people have heard this? Uh, yes, they will. Yeah, yeah. So you guys would have heard Bevan and his announcement. I thought I'll go back to the beginning of the show, and at the beginning of the show, we said, "Apparently, the baby's been born." Apparently, the baby's been oh, born. Okay. and mean, as you guys have heard, uh, that would have been.
0: George. And I was sponsored by Adidas, I'm now Reebok
1: Yeah I know you were
0: going on and on about
1: how awesome <laughs> Adidas was <laughs> That's kind of ironic <laughs> uh, but, but, Although
0: Adidas had just sold Reebok So Adidas did own Reebok ah. But now apparently they just sold And the them. other
1: ironic thing on that show was uh, uh, Travel tips with your bike I thought probably not, not much point putting that in today's show no. uh, So yeah, just a
0: few little funny highlights so Okay I here we go, here's one more One more. We'll go, we'll go. Episode 313 from May 2012
1: Yeah, I was actually in Kona, um, and that was probably one of the second or third time I'd been running a camp over there. You were telling me, uh, oh, you guys will hear about it now. Here we go right today we have um a man that knows a lot about what goes on inside our bodies and what and and the use of equipment he advises a lot of the a lot of the pro athletes out there and uh and just one of those guys that uh takes us inside the the bit of the science of 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 what's going on in our sports names matt steinmetz so welcome along to the show matt
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Cool. So you, you, you work with, um, uh, well you, you advise people, you do sports science work. Just give us a bit of a, a summary of, of, of the things that you do from um, you know, advising triathletes.
2: So basically what I like to do is, I just like to look at all areas of performance, not just you know, the X's and O's. I think um, as athletes we always concentrate on, on really trying to become better at moving forward. But sometimes we pay a little attention to you know forces and 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 other things that prohibit us from becoming faster athletes. So, you know, I, I dabble a little bit and and a little bit you know basically a little bit of everything. To where you know we're doing some of the coaching stuff, um, looking at equipment, um, different um, you know science research and stuff that you can use to kind of you know find gains for an athlete. But then also just really. Um, you know practicing stuff in the real world and being being open-minded and trying not to to fall into a tradition just because something's been done a certain way over, over you know a period of time you know kind of looking and analyzing things to say okay well why is this done and if we did it differently could we become become better athletes so um one of the one of the guys that i really first started working with that that allowed me the opportunity to kind of come in and 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 listen to me was, was Craig Alexander. You can take a guy like Craig Alexander and he's obviously done a lot right. And so it's not like someone like him, you know, he need, he's coming to me saying, you know, teach me the way or whatever, because mm-hmm. actually it's probably a little bit the other way around. You know, he, I'm learning a lot from him and, and he's, you know, like I said, he's doing a lot right. So we're not, we're not going out to try and re reinvent the wheel for someone like him, we're, we're we're trying to find the little things that that can give him um, an improvement in performance. And you know, a guy like him, he's looking for a couple percent. You know, he's not trying to knock 30 minutes off his you know his Ironman PB. You know, it's just the small little things that that w- would allow him um, to improve.
1: And I guess you're exactly right there, so many people just focus on the, the training and they think if I absolutely nail my training I'm going to um, you know, just have an incredible performance but they, they often go into the race with, with hardly even a nutrition plan, they don't have much of a, a mental plan, they maybe haven't looked at, at equipment and in and, and one area where we know you can get um, fairly significant improvements um, both in terms of speed and and also power output is is sort of through bike fitting and I I know that's an area you've had quite a bit of experience in. So you know it's a a real challenge though, bike fitting. There's so many different ways it can be done and there's so many different people saying that they're the experts in in bike fitting and you must have it done this way to be any good or otherwise you're going to fail. For for the the age groupers out there, I mean, where's a good starting point in terms of figuring out where they could get a bike fit done, or, or or how to actually get it done, so they know they're they're set up appropriately.
2: You know, first of all, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, looking at the way you move and and your and your biomechanics, it's it's a huge you know because we I mean we're definitely in a sport where there's just a lot of linear movement, and we have you know the chances for overuse injury, and also like I said, you know, we were talking about resistive forces. I mean, our our goal is to be able to to be as efficient as we can. And that doesn't just mean, you know, power, that means um, you know, aerodynamics and comfort. Because you know, you have to be able to sustain your your bike position for the duration of your event or you know, there's something needs to be something needs to be looked at. So, you know, the, the big thing with, with cycling is and, and bike fitting, that there there is no one way to to do everything. And I think when you have someone who's not open minded about um, you know, trying something different. That's where you, you know, if, if you have, if you have a bike fitter who's saying this is the way, this is your perfect position. That's not really the case because you know we're we're looking at a lot of a lot of uh, you know kind of kinematic data and body angles and it's and it's very dynamic. You know, people sit differently, sit differently on the bike. So it's very important that you know you have an open mind and you listen to client feedback. I mean, obviously you're going to have your your own kind of ways of you know in general this is how I think you know someone should be positioned to board a bicycle and you know we're talking you know about triathlon here and the whole purpose of you know that you know having I guess a, a different a triathlon bike is for aerodynamics so what we're looking to do is we're looking to be able to rotate the body and and lay the person across the front end while you know minimizing um, you know, the aerodynamic drag, but allowing them to still produce power. So mm. that's where, you know, the deep seat tube angles have come in and the aero bars. So, you know, I think, I think a good, a good, um, place to kind of look at is first, you know, body posture. Are you able to anteriorly rotate your pelvis forward and support yourself on the front end of, you know, of your bike without using, you know, a lot of energy to, to support yourself up there? And then from there, it's just, you know, you use a little bit of science, a little bit of fitter knowledge, and a little bit of client feedback because a client really needs to be part of the process. You know, I, I don't care what sort of um, tool or whatever you're using to, to uh, you know, handle your your data capturing or your, or your, you know, measuring of angles. But, you know, you're not going to sit there and tell the client that, hey, you know, all of these angles look awesome, how do you feel? And they're going to tell you, well, I feel like crap. You're not going to say, well, too bad. You know, you, you, they're really, they're, they're definitely part of of, of the process of, of the bike fit. So it's hard to really explain what the, kind of where the starting point is because it, it really dives into the, to the art of, of bike fitting. I think a fitter has to have a really good knowledge of, you know what? What does an aero position look like, and what are the what are the components of a good aero position? And it's you know it's power production, aerodynamics, and comfort.
1: Can it be done remotely? Because obviously, not everybody lives in a place where um, they're going to have a good bike fitter in their town. Um, is that something that you can do remotely, or not?
2: I think you can do a pretty good job of, of doing something remotely. It, it's it takes a little bit longer because the back and forth isn't quite as um, it's not quite as easy. I mean, you could you could obviously do something on Skype uh, via the video, <laughs> and you know most of the time it's it you know it's pretty dang close. When you you know and you can look at a rider and say, okay, you you're you're pretty you're pretty close with this. But you know the way I like to work is I'm I love making data driven decisions, so you know I I do like. Being able to, you know, just as, as a doctor would use, you know, an an ultrasound or MRI or some sort of diagnostic tool, you know, I mean, the doctor still has to know how to how to, you know, use that tool properly. So, I think having some sort of good good tool to use, you know, like a, like a retool system or like Dartfish or video, is is very important. So sometimes there's some things that could get messed up or, or lost and doing something remotely like hmm. that but i think once it's closed you can do you can do a pretty good job of of doing some sort of um, remote fit i'm not i'm not uh, aware of a lot of like remote bike fit businesses, but I imagine yeah. that they're out there. You know,
0: for a lot of people who are getting in especially in your people of sport, they don't have much flexibility in, in their hamstrings and their lower back and stuff like that. You know, how big how important is flexibility for your bike setup? And then, you know, should our athletes look into improving or will all of that just come from
2: riding? You know, I, I think the industry kind of goes back and forth on on how flexible do you really need to be to ride a bike? And I don't think it really goes into flexibility per se, but more kind of range of motion. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, we'll go through, you know, a physical assessment to try to learn, you know, about the body, but a lot of times I'll, I'll find that people that don't look so great off the bike hop on a bike and, you know, they're magnificent. So, I think I think flexibility and core strength and all that, it, it's, hard, it's hard to say. I think at one end, if, it, if it's very, very poor, it could compromise your bike fit, but I think most of the time, you know, we, we look at um, restrictions like in, in the joint or, or some sort of re- restriction to range of motion more so than can, can someone bend over and touch their palms to the floor. Yeah. I, don't, I definitely don't think that it's a bad thing. Like if someone comes in and, and they are, you know, very flexible, have great range of motion, have excellent core strength, you know, I, I think that it, it is beneficial to them. But I also don't necessarily think that that's it's always a limiter. And I don't, know, I don't know how flexible you really need to be to, um, you know, ride a, ride a good bike position. I think, you know, I, I definitely think it has to fit within the bell curve. I don't think you can be extremely unflexible or inflexible and, and ride a bike. But it's just something that I don't, I don't really have a strong stance on um, either way. But I think it's something that over the course of time, you know, we'll learn a little bit more about.
1: So the, all all the age groupers out there don't need to go and try to get into Bjorn Anderson's position, where his handlebars are, are basically sitting on top of his front wheel.
2: Yeah, I've seen I've seen Bjorn's position. He's basically you know he's got his got his chin rubbing the front wheel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some some people can can definitely uh, can ride a position like that. It, it, I think you know the cool thing about a TT position is it's very very adaptable. There's if you took someone that has never ridden a TT bike before and you put them in the in the most perfect TT position um, that you could possibly put them in, it's not going to feel great to them at first because it's it's not a natural posture that that you know the human skeleton wants to wants to take. So they're going to have a little bit of a little bit of neck pain, a little bit of shoulder pain. And I wouldn't even call it pain. I actually you know, I, I didn't I didn't really use that word correctly mm. I, I would say more discomfort mm. you know it's been a while you know i, I mainly ride a, a road bike now and it's been a few years since i've been on a tt bike but you know i used to be able to sit in my aero position for five or six hours and if you threw me on a tt bike in that exact same position right now you know I, i'd probably last about 10 minutes so mm. you know that's another thing is the more time you spend in the aero position you know the better and the more <laughs> success that you're going to be there so you have to and you have to it's something that needs to be needs to be practiced yeah so you know, if you do have a bit, you know, a, a limitation in your range of motion or, you know, there's something that you could work on um, with some sort of, you know, functional movement or or stretching or, you know, whatever it may be that could help you get in that better position, you know, I think it's worth, worth the, the commitment.
1: So, you know, last year we saw um, a new course record on Kona that um, nobody thought was going to be broken for... I don't know for for a long, long time, but um, Craig Alexander had an incredible day there. We saw his bike performance, um, which improved, was probably
0: the surprise of the day, yeah, wasn't improved it?
1: Improved massively, and is obviously on a different bike. And um, people were yahooing that it was it was all about the bike, um, making a massive difference. But I'm sure Craig made some uh, adjustments to his training as well. What what did you go through with Craig? Because as you said, you know he, he probably knows his training fairly fairly well, and he's obviously really well conditioned, having been training and racing for so many years so what sort of change, changes did you bring to the table well
2: it was very interesting because and you know I, I got introduced to Craig in 2009 and you know I kind of was just there to help him a little bit with his you know his, some of the stuff on the bike but you know I, I was just, you know I, I'm still you know pretty young and I was I was new to working with you know a lot of the high-end athletes so you know I kind of just let him do his own thing I was like, yeah, you look good, and then over over the course of, you know, the end of that year in 2010, you know, we, we started kind of developing a, you know, a, a friendship to where I, you know, I felt comfortable, you know, saying, hey, I think you should try this, and, and, you know, you don't give them everything at once, you, you give them some suggestions, you let them try it, you know, they come back to you, they said, I really like that, that worked, and you start to really earn their, earn their confidence, and, you know, so in 2010. You know, we, did, we, we changed his bike size. We changed the way, he, you know, he, he postured on the bike. We started looking at, at his setup. And he had a really, really, you know, great regular season. I think he won eight 70.3s. And we even did some stuff where we went out to Kona and, and I did some core temp testing on him where I had him swallow um, a pill that I was able to use a device to measure his core temp while exercising wow. and we really wanted to go in there and look at you know the whole aerial helmet debate and you know hydration and, and just look at the little tiny details where you know at that point in time we were like well nothing really needs to change with the training you know you just need to get back to the same shape you're in you've won the previous two years and you know what are the little things you know besides that that we can work on and you know, we learned some cool things out there, but it was pretty inconclusive on the, on the, you know, some of the aero helmet stuff, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. And and one thing I really like is, you know, do you, you know, and Crowey's decision, you know, because ultimately, I, you know, I left that up to him, you know, do you, in 2010, it's like, do you change something, you know, from, from 2008 and 2009 before it's been proven to you that it, that it's not going to work? So, at the end, at the end you know, he was in very, very good shape. rode rode the bike a little bit, you know the first the first bit of the bike, you know a little bit too aggressive because he knew that you know people had their eye on him and they were going to try to drop him and that whole thing. So he got a little aggressive there, and and you know had a, had a strong ride, but it, it just you know he it was going to have to change in 2011 if he wanted to to compete because you know. It, the tactics started to change, and and I really think that it's great that he was like, you know, okay, I need uh... you know, if I want to continue to get better, I I need to look at some different things. So, something that you know he was he was pretty much like, okay, I'm I'm all game for all this stuff you've been you know kind of preaching to me, and so we started looking at it. You know, we started looking at you know all all of your competitors that beat you in Kona wore an arrow helmet. So, does it? You know, there's, there's a lot of studies and stuff out there, you know, on core temperature, but no one's ever looked at this aero helmet, road helmet sort of thing. We were like, well, we don't have to, we don't have to study, you know, I have some sort of scientific research article that's going to tell us when, you know, that it's good or bad when your competitors that beat you, they're wearing one and they beat you, you do really well in the heat, we're wearing an aero helmet. So... You know, it wasn't just like any old aero helmet either. You know, we, we really wanted to make everything needed to be a data-driven decision. Craig's an athlete that's able to, you know, his sponsors want him to do good, so they're going to give him tools and, and resources to help him improve. So, you know, we went to the wind tunnel. Went to the wind tunnel and we tested, you know, a bunch of different helmets, we did a bunch of different head positions. I, I was always kind of on Craig because he's always looking down at his power meter, and I'm like, dude, quit putting the tail of your aero helmet you know Hmm. sky high you know you need to keep it you know down with your back well it turns out in the wind tunnel for him it's faster when he looks down and it's not because he's dropping his head or getting really low or anything just for some reason with the way he's shaped you know the the tail tail in the air was faster for him so really you know it was awesome but you know i've been in the wind tunnel with a with a lot of other athletes and that's not the case but it, it was reassuring knowing that you because know, when you look down, it's a neutral spine, so it's it usually feels mm-hmm. more comfortable as long as you're not not wrecking your bike. But <laughs> in, in, normally, it's an aero penalty to do something like that. But you know, for him, it, it was it was faster, and the the, the the drag just went down. So I was relieved in that, relieved at that, and then you know, we ended up changing every piece of equipment pretty much that he used. And I mean, it's it's down to the detail of the chain lube that we use. You know, we're just looking at every little tiny thing, because you know a bunch of a bunch of people will kind of look and say, "Well, is that big enough? Is that a big enough gain to, to to deal with?" And it's like you add up all those small, small details, and you end up with with a with a big gain. You know, we're looking at his sunglasses, where he's putting his race number belt, his bottle setup, and so if you look at you know if you look at the setup, you know yes switching switching bike frames was a marginal gain it mm. gave him you know it gave him free speed was it you know was it the you know we selected that bike for for various reasons um, and the specialized bike allows us to to store hydration very well because you know adding a bottle to a frame has a bigger f- impact on on drag than you know the differences between one frame to the other, so mm. a lot of these frames, you know, the the top of the line frames are all very very comparable as far as how how fast or slow they are compared to each other. Adding a adding a round bottle to a frame is it makes a bigger difference. So if we with with the the specialized bike, we were able to not run a bottle on the frame, and we were able to think of very very smart and logical places logical places to store you know, nutrition and fluid where it would have, where it would have zero impact on, on drag. So, you know, we, we changed that, changed, um, changed some tires. You know, just, we looked, we looked at pretty much everything that we could and, and it, and it really paid off as far as the, as far as the training, you know, what we, what we, what we changed is he would always do a lot of, a lot of long, enduring, you know, mentally strengthening like endurance sessions. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where his his threshold and his abil- and his top end which is great, you know, and he shows how great it is, you know, during the course of the regular season, but his his Kona build would actually it would lift up his steady state, but it would but it would bring down his threshold.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: he was able to ride like he had in, you know, the previous 3 years at a very, you know, high high steady state effort but any of these like accelerations and and, and attacks he didn't really have that in his physiology because you know he had kind of narrowed narrowed that zone you know Mm -hmm. through his training well that's one thing we looked at is we 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 started thinking okay you know you've been in the sport for a long time you've done a lot of hard work that that endurance that you have isn't going to go away. So we we started taking away some of those sessions that really didn't make him fit, and and just made him tired and focused on some some really race specific um, sessions. And you know the, the the sessions he used to do that were just long and enduring. You know he would do to to give him confidence. And you know he's been there. He's done that. You know he doesn't need to prove to himself that um, you know, he needs to do some 20 mile run off the bike anymore. It it just makes him tired. It doesn't add to his fitness profile. So, you know, we, we got rid of a lot of, a lot of that stuff. We kept, you know, we, it's always a proper blend and a proper mix. And, and Craig's very, very intelligent when it comes to, to his training and, you know, just trying to, just changing a few of those workouts. It didn't take a lot. And, and I think that's where you saw, you know, his, his success in Kona and, you know more more than more than you know all this equipment changing and and the, and the training. You know it, it was his attitude. You know it was his. You know he was like I'm gonna. You know I'm not gonna. I'm gonna back myself on the bike. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride aggressively. You know if this race gets if this race gets nasty. You know I have I have I have excellent biomechanics. You know if it's if we have to go to war, that's where he's gonna excel. So I mean if if you've noticed in in you know, Hawaii and Melbourne. You know the the races are, are very. You know he races aggressively and he you know and he backs it up. He's not kind of sitting back and giving people big leads and then you know making the run look pretty. Might, it might look might not look the prettiest the last you know five to ten k, but you know he's getting it done.
1: And how did his his power file sort of compare from you know last year when he won to the year before when he was what fourth and then and then the other couple of years when he would won were they significantly different or fairly similar?
2: They're they're not significantly different. They're the averages and everything end up being very similar. What what's different is where how he distributes the power. So it's it's almost being a little bit patient kind of in evenly distributing the power. I mean, all, all those guys, and a lot of it's like the wind and, and kind of the terrain, but the last hour of everyone's power file is pretty low. But I think those first couple, I think the first, basically until you get to the bottom of high V, I think it's how you distribute that power. Some people just get way, way out of control Mm -hmm. um, early in that bike course and then kind of, kind of struggle You know once they make that turn off the queen k go through High and start to climb up to high v and and last in 2000 i keep i keep getting all the years mixed up 2010 (laughs) you know craig was a little bit more aggressive early on and then when when the attacks kind of came um on high v you know he, he had already had to close down and shut down a lot of gaps because people aren't gonna aren't really gonna work with him and I always think it sounds funny talking about a group working together in a, in a race that, mm-hmm. that is supposed to be an individual time trial, but you know the way the the way the rules are, it's just it's it's the it's kind of how it is. So you know everyone was kind of isolating Craig a little bit in 2010, and I, I think rather than being a little bit patient, you know he was quick to shut down gaps. So when it you know when it came to the climb of, up to High V, you know his power was great, but he just didn't he he wasn't ready to. really go well over and up to his threshold and and last year it's almost like a tour de france climb where you know the pace gets set and and it's it's high enough no one's really going to want to try and attack Mm. so you know that front group with um i think there was four or five of those guys i mean they they set a pretty hot pace up to high v and no one really it was so high no one really wanted to go and the power on the way back so you know, I think the power is always pretty similar, but it's just, its just like I said, how it was distributed. You know, a little patient in the beginning and then, you know, get stronger as, as the race goes on or, or at least not fade.
1: And, and for you as an um, advisor, coach… Sports scientists. I know you use Training Peaks, and there's a couple of files of Crowey's build up to Ironman Melbourne up there. Just a few, few sort of general sessions. But how do you sort of use? Is Training Peaks what you use to, to monitor things um, when you when you're not there with with Crowley doing doing sessions? And, and how do you sort of get the most out of it?
2: Yeah, the Training Peaks is great because what happens is I get every every time there's a workout and. After the session, I get an email, so I'm not always having to like, you know, hunt hunt files down. If I see something interesting that I need to go look at, I mean, if Craig's just doing a standard endurance ride, I mean, it's a staple of every athlete's um, training. I don't really need to go in there and analyze that file. But you know, w- what's awesome about it is, you know, post analysis of of race data and then key sessions. And with that email to my, to my phone, and Craig's not in town, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and talk to him on the phone every day. It's cool because he can, you know, he knows the session, then he can sit there and write his comments in there. Because, you know, I, I, I rely very, very heavily on athlete feedback, and Training Peaks is kind of that, that medium that allows, you know, a coach and um, athletes to communicate in a pretty efficient manner. So you know I, that's that's kind of my biggest mode of communication when athletes aren't here in Boulder is using the using the Training Peaks and even even with these top top athletes what's cool is I love race data because then that's especially you know a good race because you can then take some of those you know take that power file and the normalized power and the different sections of the course and break that down. And then I can just talk to them in that language. Like, it's easier, instead of, instead of sitting here and having all these, you know, different, you know, physiological terms and zones, you know, no one can ever agree on what zone one is or what steady mm-hmm. is. I can actually talk to them in their specific, you know, pace by saying, okay, Crowy, I want you to do three by ten minutes at half Ironman power on five minutes easy. Mm-hmm. So when I say that, I don't even have to get into specifics because we have actual race data and power data of successful races to be able to know, okay, what are the requirements, you know, and training that need to be met. And so that makes things super easy to, to, to communicate with the athlete.
1: Um, so you, you obviously talked a lot about Crowey, and I know you've got a, a number of other sort of pro athletes that you're working with, but do you, do you also work with, uh, with, with age group athletes?
2: Yeah, I'm starting to. Um, pretty soon, um, I'll have com and that's going to be where you know I, I can start taking on a lot more um, age group athletes, and I'm also you know kind of creating a, a you know a team around me and and to help with that, and and that's basically kind of one of the big things that that I'm able to do is you know you can't do you can't know everything and and one thing i really like to do is is rely on you know and delegate stuff to people who are experts in their in their field so I, you know i rely a lot on you know i have a close um, partner uh, his name's chuck panachone at superfly cycles mm. and he is kind of my you know mechanical genius type guy i mean he if there's anything latest and greatest in bearings chain lube you know, if you need something drilled out and and modified he's he's kind of my guy I turn to um I have a a doctor who does a lot of a lot of blood work so it, you know it helps me you know see look at nutrition stuff look at um, hormone levels look at uh fatigue and just look at the health of the athlete and you know and also provide some of their you know medical if an athlete gets sick or and his name's Doctor uh, Garrett Rock, mm-hmm. and so I, I've always kind of tried to build this this team around me, and that's one thing that that um, MattSteinmetz.com, um, and eventually that'll be branded as some some sort of business name, but
3: mm.
2: we haven't come up with anything yet. But that's what I want to give access to to age groupers is is becoming part of you know part of the part of this team, so they have an expert looking at, at a lot of different. Um, areas of performance for them, so you know we can provide the X's and O's of coaching. We can provide, you know, someone already has a coach. I work with I work with a ton of athletes that already have, you know, coaches like Cliff English and Matt Dixon, and they send a lot of their athletes to me because there's a lot of other other kind of services where you know you can help that coach and make their athlete faster. You know, with the, with the bike fitting, um, with the nutrition, with the bike setup. You know some other uh, performance parameters, so that's kind of what you know this business is going to be, and and offering this to to age groupers.
1: Great. All the small things add up to lots. That's of right. Lots guys. of speed,
2: John. That's what we're looking for. <laughs>
1: and you going to be in Kona this year?
2: Yes, I'll be in Kona. Right. I'm prediction, also going to be probably be at Eagleman and maybe Rev3 Quasi. Nice Vegas. And was, I'm getting ready to actually fly out to the tour of California, too. That's going on um, nice. right now. Awesome. I don't well, know when this podcast will be aired, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, we had a Kiwi guy who was in the breakaway yesterday. The first, I think it was one of the first stages, so we'll see how he did. Who, I mean, who was that? It's a guy called Josh Atkins. He's about...
2: Oh, yeah. At, he's on the Bontrager Livestrong team. He was, he was in town here. He's, he's a young boy, too, he's isn't he's, he? Like... 17 you yeah, guys were in town training not too long to
1: ago
2: mean. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So tons was, a yeah. young man awesome well we'll hopefully um, catch
1: up with you and Kona if you've got time because um, we'll be I over definitely. there and uh, we'll probably knock on Crowy's door again as well so um, awesome thanks for your time and um, as you said by the time this comes out we'll, um, your website might be live but we'll certainly give it a plug when it, when it is otherwise uh, people can find you on Facebook if they need to oh yeah thanks guys
2: <laughs> awesome, awesome mate cool
1: John you were telling me how much you missed me. I was in Kona. Oh, you were in Kona to... and, and I
0: was it you were in one of your camps, were you? Yes. Yeah, oh, so I always miss you, John. Even uh, when you walk out the door, I
1: start uh, crying. So we're gonna you guys listened to then just an interview with Matt Steinmetz uh, as well.
0: So I say to John because John mentioned we we're gonna do this. Uh, what happened to Matt Steinmetz? Because he was all the talk I'm sure he's still around. Right, but why do you do a quick Google well, I will, I because a couple of other points? Because he was like there was a moment where he was like the man when it came to the science of the sport, wasn't there?
1: And yeah, he was just in boulder he was boulder base. he was working with a number of the high profile um Pros at the time, Craig Alexander, uh, and a couple of others. So, yeah, he was f- fairly high profile there. Probably still cranking away, just not necessarily in the news all the
0: time. But just some follow I have points more followers that. than him on Instagram, so... Sorry? I have more followers than him on Instagram, right. so, so I must be important. So that was the, the week, as you guys just heard, that was the week
1: leading into the Kona 70.3 on, in 2012. What was interesting about that race was that was when Lance Armstrong was racing. Oh, wow. I know how a lot of you guys despise um, Lance, but... Wonder that why. was pretty bloody impressive. Um, so say what you might about him, but he went there and he spanked Greg Bennett, who was
0: an amazing athlete. Yeah, but uh, he was probably on drugs. Yeah, I'm just, just the... the yeah, but you can't give me any credit. Like you can't, um, you know, like... I know it was... Um, that yeah. was when I was doing my This Week in Lance. Mm, it was. Yeah. He wrote a two o one on that yeah, bike. Guys so, on drugs.
1: Yeah, compared to Greg Bennett's two o eight. Guys on drugs. I'm with you. Just, just, just some follow up from that. Uh, we were also discussing Ironman Kins back way back then. That
0: was when it just transferred from being Challenge Kins to Ironman. Just, just going back on that. We're not going back to Lance now. Yeah, no, it's this weekend, Lance. Um Did he ever admit to being on drugs when he was in the triathlon phase? I'm
1: sure he. No, that was afterwards. Th- that was definitely
0: afterwards. Yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see if it'd he was on drugs. He'd never been caught at
1: that stage. Yeah, but it'd be
0: interesting to know if he was on drugs. You know, he, uh, he, I don't know if he's talked about it. Or not. Maybe if someone knows, let us know, because I'd be interested to know. He's a bit more open about, because there was that moment where he denied, 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 and then there was a moment he admitted to an aspect. Mm. I don't know if he's ever really come fully clean on mm. But it'd be interesting to know if he was at that moment. We were also discussing Iron Man Kins,
1: as I said, would be had been. This was the first time it was going to be uh, following up from when it was challenged, and the, that was a period where there was lots of challenge had set something up, and Iron Man had come and buy it, and it was just a shit show. Um, but anyway, that Iron Man Kins, we were saying how Macca was going to crush it, and as it turned out, Macca didn't crush it. He was saying he was really unfit. And as it turned out, uh, he validated that race. That was back in the time when you just need to validate. He ended up finishing, I think, in 10th place fairly distant. And the other one, uh, point of discussion we had in that race, and this was the build-up to it, was Melissa Rawlinson, who used to be Melissa, I don't know, she was Melissa Rawlinson, then she became Melissa Halstead or something oh, yeah, like that, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how she was going to go into that race and just walk the marathon.
0: And then they started telling them off, didn't they? Because remember Rennie done it in, in, in Arizona as well. It was
1: Florida, or I think it was Florida. Yeah,
0: yeah. and they, they basically said, you need to be competitive, and I was yeah. like, well, what does that mean?
1: So we, we were talking that up, and whether she would actually do it, as it turned out, she didn't actually race.
0: There you go. Good times. So that all I have to do?
1: Pretty much just three little clips there, Ben. So you, well, you've done it already, if people are still listening. So wait, how
0: much of the episode of, of 13 do you want me to put in?
1: Um, time, Stymets
0: interview. Oh, just Matt It's Okay. Okay, okay, John, let's wrap it up. Uh, our patrons. Colette, Coasting, Andrews. We've got Paul, Mango, Madmore. And
1: Christine, the grinder, McKinley. That's the other day.
0: She's always out and about. She's someone who gets out and about. And she does live at the bottom of your hill oh that's probably why But she's walking you know. she's got a dog to walk these are the people in your neighbourhood and I sing that when she goes past because she's my dentist mm-hmm. the dentist is the person who cleans your teeth <laughs> <laughs> just made that up uh, John good on, go, go on Griner she, was, she did it
1: unfortunately she went down to do a race called the Kepler Challenge which is a what's fantastic. unfortunate about that oh they cut it short didn't they well yeah so the Kepler is one of our great walks we've got 10 in New Zealand now um, that's one of the biggies and it's on our list to, to get to amazing part of the country and they amazing have a running run, race running race normally 67k 67, 67 something like that yeah. and it's a tougher you've got a big climb at the beginning and like a big climb we're talking I don't know probably an hour or two climb yep. uh, and then you've got a big descent and then you've got long flat periods and second year in a row and it's been reduced it's just bucketing down with the rain and just unsafe to run so you do all this build up at least they still get to do a run, though, and they've yeah. only ever had to do it twice, and it's been two years in a row. And why right was it the weather? Yeah, it was pissing down mm. and just dangerous. You can't do all your health and safety stuff if something was to happen. You know, you're pretty constrained. So,
0: hey, how, how is New Zealand in comparison to other countries with health and safety now? Because New Zealand's pretty anal now, aren't we?
1: Pretty anal. You just you've all in New Zealand. You've always got that safety net of the ACC, whereas. We can't really go around suing people over here. No, but you can get a lot of trouble with the health and safety laws if you haven't shown yeah. that you've thought of everything.
0: Exactly. Even for a running business, man, the amount of work Joe puts into making sure everything's safe and mm. processes and... Okay, uh, John, let's wrap it up. Oh, no, sorry, I need to do my little bit here. I always say, I'm talk- uh, if you want to become a patron, go to www.talk.me. Uh You also get emails, show email to you there. Coaching, coachjohnnewson.com. My website, bevanjamesos.com. Age group of the week, cool websites, other feedback... Uh, I'm podcast at gmail.com Do please
1: start sending some of those through I know there hasn't been any racing performances but if you know anybody who's done anything a bit nut bar during um, the Christmas New Year period or anything sort of during the whole lockdown periods, send them through we'd love to hear some news from you guys and likewise if you've got any websites or anything like that
0: uh, that you think will be useful for the community please send them through. I've got one random question for you Mm. non-triathlon sporting event that you're most looking forward to in 2021 I suppose the Olympics
1: Let's take the Olympics out of the equation non triathlon event that I'm looking forward to. You have you got you you probably got something in mind, so give me uh give me a couple of Well, notes. I'm going
0: Joshua Fury. Yeah. Really look forward to that.
1: How much would you be prepared to
0: pay for that? I'll pay fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Yeah I think that's what it's gonna be. But I'll get some mates bucks. around, you know, you can yeah. come over. Yeah, great. And I'll get the big screen down and you know sounds good. Yeah totally. <laughs> we did it we did it one over time. It's good fun. Um this is just to keep one. Like I just want to see how the All Blacks respond. Like we're
1: all bagging on them, and they've had a really pretty crappy year by New Zealand standards. I'm just interested to see if we are. It's really, really crap. fascinating. If we're crap, really crap. If it's lots of people
0: blame the coach. Um. Well, yeah, where, where we sort of stand because it's a. I don't think we're that good at the moment. But I don't think yeah. it's the coach. I just think we've lost a lot of our. Legends. So I think I'm pretty
1: interested to see how they respond to being invincible, you know, near on invincible for probably 10 years yeah, or Yeah, that so last
0: decade we were pretty phenomenal. Yeah, you know we, I didn't, know we, we didn't lost last one World, World
1: Cup. Cup and they cocked that up. That was one day. But outside of that, pretty invincible. Yeah. And whether that aura of invincibility can continue. Tell you what, did you,
0: watch, are you, did you get did buck's get in the end?
1: Are you watching a cricket? and not i watched a teensy bit so oh. we've got all these touring teams coming to new zealand at the moment we're just spanking it's them. so
0: cool because when we were kids new zealand cricket was a joke mm. and this year like nowadays it, it, we're so hard to beat at home oh. different overseas but mm. oh, loving it you know any other goss john that's it i am
1: uh, racing this weekend 1.5k swim in freezing waters 60 kilometers of mountain biking and 17ks of running and i've gone and got myself a new bike so i'm going to look a bit silly if i don't go quicker than last year i'm a bit f- I'm bit fitter than I was last year. So I think you're going to win it. Slightly more prepared. I think you're going to win it. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about the placing. It's more the performance, which yeah. sounds cheesy, but to be honest, it's true.
0: Okay, John. Uh, well, we'll be back in the studios, back to normal next week, and mm. get be back into 2021. John Bolew, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kika.